Good morning, everybody. It's good to be here today. Um, <clears throat> kind of want to start off with a, a little filibuster here. So my my hats off to all the grandmothers and um, moms out there. Uh, I know Mark told y'all we have a brand new puppy, <laughs> and he's gone this week. And um, he usually helps me in the mornings with her so that I can get ready. And so this morning, it was like. I mean, she was tugging on my pants as I was going across the floor, chewing on my house shoes, um, all over the place this morning. So I, I was a little scattered this morning. Didn't put jewelry on. I'm lucky I've got makeup on this morning. I did that in the car. Um, it was just one of those mornings. So I, I'm an aunt, and I'm a great aunt, and I've, um, you know, had nieces and nephews stay over and stuff. But having a puppy and having one this young, this small, um, she's a little handful. She's very sweet um, when she's not biting, but she's very sweet. And um, but she's she's definitely a handful. And I didn't have my my hubby here this weekend to help take care of her while I was getting ready this morning. So it was just an adventure to to get here today. But I'm glad to be here. And I, I noticed something this last week that was really I thought kind of kind of neat about um, our new puppy Daisy. And we ended up putting our um, 17 and a half year old beagle to sleep back in August. She was real. She just, I mean, she was blind and deaf, and um, she just been really sick for a while. And so um, we put her to sleep, had her put to sleep, and um, it was on August 27th. And I didn't remember the date. I mean, after it, I remembered it being on a Friday and after work and and all that. And and then we we got Daisy about three um, weeks ago, and um, I didn't think of it at the time whenever the the guy we got her from told us what her birthday was but her birthday um, was August 27th and it was the same day that we had Molly put to sleep and so for me that was just you know meant to be kind of thing you know we kind of grappled back and forth about getting a puppy because we still have a 16 year old dog that's kind of crotchety sometimes and um, she's tolerating the puppy <laughs> yeah so but I just thought that was kind of neat that you know at a point of where, where we have to make a decision you know it's like God had this little puppy that um, you know for us so she's kind of meant to be and we love her but anyway she she's a handful so I can just envision you know and I know dads have lots of and great dads have lots of um, involvement as well but just I just felt like okay, I can get, I get where women have trouble when they're younger and they have kids and or, and grandkids and they're trying to get ready and and do all these things and you've got a child just pulling on you constantly. I mean, if I put her in her playpen, she's just gonna sit there and whine and cry and everything else. So I let her be out and she chased me everywhere. So anyway, <laughs> I'm glad to be here this morning. So um, if you look at the title, it says goodness gracious. And um, how many of you have ever said that about anything? Goodness gracious. Okay. Well, that, that term, I'm like, okay, well, what does it mean when we say goodness gracious? And, you know, it's, it's kind of like an exclamation or a surprise, you know, a surprise or something like that. But those two words together, goodness and gracious, you know, and, or graciousness or grace, you know, those, those words hold a whole different meaning for us. 
And I was kind of looking, I like to look at quotes and things like that. And I was looking at, you know, individuals who maybe use this, you know, goodness gracious a lot. And apparently Donald Rumsfeld said it a lot. And I don't really remember that, but he, he was noted for saying that phrase quite a bit. And um, just, you know, different individuals. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I've said it a few times myself, and um, but it just holds like a, a different meaning for me today because um, God's really put on my heart the last couple of weeks about his goodness and his grace and how, um, how he's, you know, put that within us, but yet we're supposed to um, display that. We're supposed to um, share that with others. And I know um, you've probably all experienced this. I feel like I, in the last, I don't know, a few months for sure, this school year, I can only use, I guess, my own experiences, but um, there seems to be a lot less goodness or displays of goodness in, in our world and um, people being gracious to one another. And I see this on um, Facebook. Um, I think it's always been a platform where people that wanted to spew hate or whatever <laughs> felt like they could do it. Um, but I'm like on different like groups or whatever, and somebody will ask a question, and it'll be just as innocent and you know just wanting an answer or whatever, or an opinion or something. And there will be people just ripping them up one side and down the other. And I'm thinking, where in the world? I mean, we I know, but where is this coming from? And why do we feel like more and more that we can? I'm not saying we, but in general, people feel like that you can just say whatever you want to, um, act however you want to. I see this in my own school, unfortunately. Um, I've been at the same school for 16 years, and I have seen behavior change drastically over that time to the point now where um, students could, I mean, they say what they want. They um, respond or not respond when they want. I mean, they can ignore you. They will tell you no. Um, parents, I've had two parents this year just rip me about, you know, a like, you know, situation with their with their child, and I'm like, why? I mean, and through email, never, never to my face, and I'm thinking, why is it that people feel like that their words don't carry weight, or that they can either bless or curse, and. Um, I don't know. It's just it's, it's that's just something that's really been on my heart, and and I know in the world, I mean, we're going to see that. I'm not ignorant. I'm not you know saying that that's not going to happen, but I know that people are watching us, and I know that the way we handle situations and what we say is going to hold great weight in the way they respond, um, because I had to diffuse that situation with that parent, and now she's for now has been very kind to me. But I decided, I showed a friend of mine the, my email response, and I said, this is how I'm responding. What do you think? She goes, you're way nicer than I ever would be. And I said, I just feel like my words have to be seasoned with grace. I mean, they have to be, um, they have to be kind, regardless of what I feel on the inside. I don't want to attack that. So I feel like my words have to, you know, 
reflect who I am as a person. I can't, I can't just lash back out, even though you know our our flesh wants to, and it it diffused the situation. Um, but I don't know if y'all, any of y'all are noticing that, and just I mean, you see it in the media for sure. I mean, it's it's out there, but um, you know, I mean, we. We're, again, we're, I know we're being watched. We're in a, we're in a fishbowl, and how we, how we um, respond and how we react to situations is going to be so, so important. So um, I'm going to read just a few quotes, and I'm not even going to – I looked up who said them, and that to me is not really as important as what is said, but just, just take these in for just a minute, and then I want to um, um, dive into the Scripture and us, um, look at some – um, instances where goodness and um, God's um, grace are really applied. So, um, to talk goodness is not good. Only do it. Only to do it is. So, not just talking about the goodness, but also its action. Uh, God's goodness is the root of all goodness, and our goodness, if we have any, springs out of that goodness. So, we know that the goodness that we have within us, where it comes from, and um, is going to what he has put within us and what we allow him to do in us is going to spring forward and and bless others around us the goodness of god is infinitely more wonderful than we will ever be able to comprehend and that is that is so true i mean we we can never truly comprehend all all of his goodness but um you know i i spent hours yesterday just um, preparing and I mean I had a lot of distractions because of Daisy <laughs> I hate to blame poor Daisy but it's true and I had a difficult time focusing but I there were so many scriptures that, that spoke to me and um, I you know had to narrow them down but it, his goodness truly is um, more wonderful than we'll ever ever know um, be the reason others believe there is goodness in people. And I, th I agree with that, but I also want to say be the reason others believe there's goodness in God. I mean, because he is, he is good. And um, you know, we are to be that example going forth. Um, live in such a way that if people should see you, that they should see God's goodness in you. Every good thing in my life exists because of God's goodness so can we all say that yeah. definitely um, goodness is love in action love with its hand to the plow love with the burden on its back love following his footsteps who went about continually doing good so hopefully I mean some of those you know kind of speak to you they did me and it just made me again want to really um, focus on on God's goodness and what he says in his word about um, about that so we're going to start off in the Old Testament um, with the life of Moses and you know very very well-known passage here been taught on many 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 times um, he took my focus to the words goodness and to the word gracious those two words are in this passage together which is kind of where I got my title with goodness gracious not necessarily <clears throat> The phrase that we often say. Okay, so Exodus 33, 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious 
to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And then you see here I, I put, um, you know, what the word goodness there is tobe. And that word gracious there, um, I found that to be really picturesque of that display of grace to bend or stoop in kindness to an inferior, to favor or bestow, um, you know, on bestow something. So I felt like that that was um, just a really, again, picturesque, you know, thing that showed me, you know, what that grace being applied or being extended to someone else and being gracious. And he truly is gracious to us, and he, um, and he is kind. And in this situation, you know, Moses is inquiring of God of um, who he's going to send with him. And he reminds God as if God really needed a reminding that he, God knows Moses by his name, and Moses has found grace in God's sight. And so we know for us that God does know us by name and that we have found grace in his sight. And then he requests that God show him his ways so that he may know him, find grace in his sight, and consider that this nation of people is his to lead. And God tells Moses that his presence will go before him and that he will give him rest. Then Moses says, but if your presence doesn't go with me, then what? And so there's just, you know, kind of back and forth about that. But how will they and I find grace in your sight if you're, if, you know, if you're not going before us? And God reminds Moses again of what he had previously spoken, that he would do this thing that he had spoken and that you have found grace in my sight. I do know you by name. I mean, to know someone by name, I mean, that's, that's a personal relationship. That is, um, you know, not just knowing their name, but knowing in, that you have found grace in, in God's sight and knowing by name. He knew him. And <coughs> Moses then asked for God to show him his glory. And he says, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and then I will be gracious and merciful. And he says, you can't see my face because no, no man can see me and live. And he places Moses in the cliff of the rock <coughs> where God's goodness and his glory pass by. And so I just thought, I liked, really felt like those, that connection with his goodness and his graciousness were, um, it's just, you know, him showing, showing him his glory, but also extending that grace to him was just... I mean, he, it's just its so powerful. And so um, to have experienced something like that and him show us his goodness, and how many times do we, do we miss that? How many times is he showing us his goodness and that we just we're so busy or um, don't really bask in his presence long enough to really um, soak in that goodness that, that, he's, that he's showing towards us. And... And the graciousness that he, you know, that stooping down, um, favoring us. How often do we miss that? And um, I'm sure I have lots. And it's just a reminder to slow it down and, and bask in his presence and, and know that, um, you know, he wants, 
he wants to um, have that type of relationship with us. Y'all feel free at any time if you have any comments. I always say that. Um, any comments or questions as I'm going along. So um, in Exodus 34, 5 through 7, he says, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness. And so you've got, again, that, um, that word goodness there is different from the tobe that's in Exodus 33. It's hesed. Has said, um, which is kindness, um, piety, reproof, or beauty, and then in truth, and that's a contraction from aman, which means stability or certainty or trustworthiness, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. And I know there's a lot there, too, whenever you're looking at um, not only his goodness and, grac and graciousness there, but also there's that measure of truth and mercy and keeping mercy for the thousands and the forgiveness of um, the iniquities and transgressions and sins. So there's a lot there um, in that passage too it's a it's rather a humbling part of scripture as well isn't it because in my case that would be my great-grandfather his iniquity could be visited upon me for uh, guilt of them and my to my fourth generation if I'm guilty that's a long time. Sure. Okay, um, so we're going to move forward to a passage um, regarding Hezekiah, Second Chronicles thirty-two, thirty-one, and thirty-two. Albeit in the business of the ambassadors of the princes of Babylon, who sent unto him to inquire the wonder that was done in the land. God left him to try him that he might know all that was in his heart. Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his goodness, behold, they are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, and in the book of the kings of Judah in Israel. And I looked at a lot of passages yesterday um, about Hezekiah, and I kept coming back to this particular passage though and focusing on it because even though um, Hezekiah made some pretty huge mistakes, um, you know, you see that there, that now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his goodness, behold, they are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet. When the prophet Isaiah brought a warning to Hezekiah to get his house in order and that he would die, it, you know, that to me that um, sequence of events there is really, um, you know, powerful that he faced the wall. So I feel like, you know, when you're facing the wall, you're, you're, everything is, um, tuned out you're focusing I mean when we when we pray in the sanctuary and we're facing the wall we're, we're you know we're facing the sides of the north or whatever and we're um, our focus and our all of our attention is on him and we're able to um, put aside anything else that that our focus has been on or the things that we have done and it says he prayed 
unto God, asking God to remember that he walked before him in truth and with a perfect heart and had done what was good in God's sight. Not always, but he did. And then it says he wept sore, and that's the word gadol, and to, you know, wept sore is just in a great sense. So, you can, I mean, I can just see him just, you know, a deep within, a real anguish, a real, um, you know, repentance there. God tells Isaiah to tell Hezekiah that he had heard his prayers, he had seen his tears, and that he is extending his time on earth by 15 years. So I, th I thought that progression was pretty um, interesting, too, that not only did he hear, he heard his prayers, but he also, he saw, he saw that, that measure of, um, you know, weeping there, and that because of those prayers, then he, he extended his life. And in that, you know, we're in a season, um, and, you know, we're in a season all year long of Thanksgiving. I mean, we want to make sure that we're thanking God continually for what he's doing for us. But we are in that Thanksgiving season. And so, um, you know, Hezekiah, he brought forth that song of Thanksgiving for God sparing his life and for delivering his soul from the pit of corruption and that he had cast his sins away. And so, you know, I know... I just, you know, in this season, I am very grateful and very thankful for, for all that he's done and for his, um, you know, provision, for his um, preserving us as a people. You know, it's not been, not been easy the last few years. And with COVID and with um, all that's going on in the world, I mean, he's been very, very gracious to us and um, keeping, keeping us and um, still training us and preparing us for, um, places that he's sending us out to and uh, whether it be virtually or um, physically but he he's really he's been good to us I know many people you know here have, have had um, have been, they've been touched by COVID or their families and it's been it was horrible and but he, he preserved you and he brought you through and he strengthened you um, because of your prayers because of your crying out and and so we offer up that song of thanksgiving for, for what he's done. He says that death and the grave cannot praise or celebrate him and cannot hope for truth, but that the living, the living shall praise him as I do, and I will make known that truth. So the living should praise him and make known the truth, that truth of And of thy sons, uh, Isaiah 39, 7 through 8. And of thy sons thou shalt issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and there shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then said Hezekiah to Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, Moreover, for there shall be peace and truth in my days. And I know I'm leaving out, like I said, a lot there in the story of Hezekiah, but. Um, the thing that I really was wanting to point out is God's goodness and grace that were extended to um, Hezekiah and that Hezekiah's recognition that, you know, you know, I'm, th I'm thanking God for what he did and that I will, you know, the, the land of the living should praise him and I will make known um, his truth.
Okay, we're going to move on to um, Psalm 33, 1 through 11, and um, I titled this Overflowing Goodness. Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud noise. For the word of the Lord is right, and his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment, and the earth is full of the goodness, which is that word has said, um, of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as in heat. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. And again, that, that passage has a lot there, too, because you have, um, for praise is comely for the upright, and that, you know, the praising with, with the instruments there, and singing a new song, bringing forth that new song in, of rejoicing for his goodness, um, his, his word being right, and his works, you have truth there, and righteousness, he loves righteousness and judgment, and the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. So even though the world is not full of the goodness of the of the Lord, the earth is, and we I know we know that there's um, there is evil in the world, um, but God's goodness is still there. It's there, and and it's very evident, and and evil will not overcome. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. We've got that speaking into existence. Through his word and breath, the earth was formed. And um, that word he spoke was a mar, and it was done. And he commanded, and all that word, sawah, or commanded. And it talks about being an an enjoyment or enjoined. And it stood fast, like a mod. And the counsel of the Lord and the thoughts of his heart stand forever. They never go away. So all to me that those things, in, you know, in, incorporated together are part of his goodness. Mm-hmm. The goodness that's on the earth. And sometimes it's hard to see that. I mean, we see so much. We see so much in the world, and you know, I've gone to where I can't. I can't watch the news that much. My mom is a. Fox News fanatic. I'm sure Mark has mentioned that before. She'll she'll watch news for I mean all day. My dad did that. I'm like mom, you cannot sit here and watch what all's going on in the world. These this is just spooling over and over again of things that are going on. Now I realize you want to be informed, but when your focus is there and not what on you know on you know God's grace and what God's doing in the earth, I mean you've got to focus on that as well because it can be it can be depressing, <laughs> really depressing. Um, but that's not where our focus should be. We, we need to know, and we need to be informed, and we need to, to know what's going on so that we know how to pray and, and all that. But um, there's so much there that it, it could be overwhelming. Okay, um, Psalm 107, 7 through 9. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation, 
Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. This chapter of Psalms begins with an admonition for thanksgiving for the Lord's goodness and for his enduring mercies. He delivers the children from the hand of the enemy and from their distresses. And this is a great reminder for us to praise God for his goodness, for his kindness. Um, he satisfies the longing soul. Our souls are longing for him and for his goodness. And he fills, that, he fills the hungry with his tobe. So if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, if we're hungering and thirsting for his goodness, then he's going to fill us. There's goodness in warfare, too. Psalm 144, 1 through 2. Blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight, my goodness and my fortress, my high tower, my deliverer, my shield, and he, and he in whom I trust, who subdueth my people under me, even in our points of warfare. He's there, and his goodness encompasses us. We trust in his strength and his goodness. Um, teaching of his ways and his protection of us, even even in the midst of battle. <coughs> I'm going to stop for just a second if anybody has any comments or questions. If not, I'll move on. Okay, the riches of his goodness versus the treasures of wrath. Romans 2, 1 through 11. Therefore, there are inexcusable, O man, who, whosoever there are thou judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, thou judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Or despisest there, and that word is katophreneo, which means to disesteem or think against. Thou the riches, which is plutos, wealth or abundance or bestowment of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. But after the hardness of heart, treasurest <laughs> up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man doth doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. There's a whole lot here. So going back to verse 4, where it says, um, we're talking about despising thou the riches of his goodness. So that the riches there again is Pluto's his um, abundance of his goodness. So that, oh, that overwhelming abundance of his goodness 
who would despise that? I mean, who would want to despise that? But um, that that goodness there is, uh, I probably don't pronounce it wrong, but which is usefulness or moral excellence. So that tells you, I mean, you think about that and that goodness. You know, are there people in the world that um, despise moral excellence? Yes. Um, are there people who um, practice immoral excellence, if you, you know, you say, yes. So there are those, and, and I think about that when I think about the attacks, the verbal attacks and things that you see on the news, um, on Facebook or whatever, or, you know, you know, in people in stores or whatever, that they're attacking that that moral excellence, that, that goodness that God has put within. Um, and there is such immorality. I mean, it's, it's very evident in, in, in our society. So I, can, I could see where there would be those who, who disesteem um, those riches of his goodness and would rather focus on the treasure and treasuring up wrath. So... You know, that, to me, that little phrase right there was um, interesting. It says, but after their, that hardness, that sclerotos, that callousness or stubbornness, I see a lot of that, too. I see where it seems like um, people have become hardened. Um, they've become more stubborn, um, really thinking um, more along the lines of what they want and not necessarily considering... Um, others feelings or, or needs but after that hardness comes then also that unrepentant heart leads to that treasuring it says treasuring that is that worth the sorry so to amass or reserve something up into thy wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God and then there again so you have you know you think about in the world right now um, this um, idea of entitlement um, and one being preferred over the other and not really thinking of one another judging one another being unthankful being rebellious being unrighteous um, his judgments are true where there are hardened hearts that treasure up wrath against the righteous judgment of God, their sin. So we must, with patient continuance, I thought that was an interesting wording there, with patient, you continuing on, but being patient in that, but patient continuance in well-doing, that we continue to seek for his glory, his honor, and his eternal life. Even in the midst of all of this that's going on, um, his riches of his goodness far outweigh the, the treasures of wrath. I mean, that, to me, that's, those two words together, I mean, treasuring up wrath, I mean, that's, you think of a, of a treasure being something that's special, something that's um, very dear or very, um, uh, I don't know, important to you, but I guess maybe wrath can become that for people, but um, treasuring that kind of thing up is, you know, bring, putting it into a reserve, like that worth 
um, the Sariso says, that's, that's, that's um, not good. <laughs> it's bad. Okay. Um, Romans 15, 13 through 14. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself am also myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness. And that word is um, ag- agathos something sign. Agathos sign. I don't know. Anyway, um, which means virtue or beneficence, filled with all knowledge, are able to admonish, which means to put into mind or caution or reprove gently one another. So when you're admonishing someone, um, you know, gently reproving if necessary. The Apostle Paul was persuaded that the Roman Christians were full of goodness and kindness and all knowledge and were able to speak truths into each other. We're going to be in situations where we will need to admonish one another, and it may be difficult at times, but a necessary measure to keep us on track with where our fathers positioned us so that we, being filled with this dunamis, continue like Apostle Paul did to be ministers of Jesus Christ and continuing to minister the gospel of God. Second Thessalonians 1, 11 through 12. Wherefore, also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. And that word there, again, is the agathos word. And the work of faith with power. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and ye in him according to his carice, to the carice of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, that coupling of his goodness with his grace and his graciousness towards us. Okay, Psalm 77, 9 through 13. Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary who is so great a God as our God. When I'm looking at this passage is, you know, we know that God's not forgotten to be gracious towards us. We, we know that. Um, that word there, shakah, is to mislay or be oblivious of. We know God is not oblivious to um, being gracious towards us. And he says, Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercy, Selah? And I said, This is my my infirmity, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. So even in the midst of when we think that maybe God's forgotten to be gracious towards us, when we know that he's not, (laughs) we do remember those times at the right hand with him. And that brings us strength, and that keeps us moving forward. And, you know, we focus on all of his works and, and, and what he's done and what he continues to do. And he says, Thy, thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great as a God as our God? What's so funny about this psalm of Asaph is that he was really lamenting the situation that they were dealing with, and 
then he thought he said oh I need to remember what about all the good things about God and literally he just he had to turn his mind toward the things that he knew about God God's faithfulness his goodness you know and that whole the, you know this is just part of the the uh, you know remembering the sanctuary um, but right before this and then earlier in the psalm he's just like oh my god this and this and this <laughs> mm-hmm. he was really complaining about and not complaining but just you know I'm, pro- I'm sure he was overwhelmed with all the things that were happening because the sanctuary was being destroyed I mean all these bad things were happening and um, and then he just had to, re- he had to remind himself you know of of the goodness of the Lord and I, I really think that um, I think we've had a lot of I think we've had that I think we've all dealt with that whenever we've been overwhelmed by the pressures that we are personally dealing with but this was more of a I don't know if it was a national thing but it was certainly something that the people were going through because of you know all of their backsliding ways and and uh worshiping idols and doing all sorts of things in the sanctuary that were horrible but you know we are in a, in a more global scale going to be dealing with things that we can't control and one thing you can't really control is the judgment of God once he begins to deal with the land and you're there in the midst of it like Asaph was because he hadn't betrayed the Lord he had remained faithful but he still had to endure what was happening because of the judgment of the Lord. So you kind of, you know, he was still a recipient in many ways of the atmosphere, of the things that were happening. I just think that we're probably going to have to deal with some of that ourselves. And and we, we're going to have to do, do like he is. We're going to have to remember the sanctuary. We're going to have to remember where it is we get our strength, where it is we have to go. You know, what do we focus on? We can't focus on... The, the things that are going on around us which will be overwhelming which I think for ASAP at that time was pretty overwhelming yeah okay yeah for sure okay and our last little section here is speaking words of grace Ecclesiastes ten twelve. the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious but the lips of a fool will swallow up himself so connection there between having wisdom and using it and applying it and speaking gracious words and um, not being one who um, is a fool that who speaks things that <laughs> swallow up himself <laughs> kind of a funny um, thought there but just I mean consuming I mean being consumed being um, so our words be um, seasons with grace and, and um, speaking his truth, speaking his graciousness and his goodness to others. Luke 4, 18 through 22, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day this scripture 
is fulfilled in your ears. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious of Christ's words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? So, you know, they were, their eyes and their attention were fixed on him. And they wondered at the, at the gracious words that, that came forth out of his mouth. Lord. First Peter 2, 1 through 3. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted the, that the Lord is gracious. That was probably under the wrong section there, but... Um, he is gracious. He is full of goodness. He has surrounded us with his goodness. And it's just, you know, kind of like what Stacey was saying about Asaph. Just even though there may be things in the world that are, that are um, evil, and, and there's a lot of that in the world, I mean, we really have to remember what he's done for us and where he's, where he's start where we began, where we where we've gone, where we are now. Um, remind yourselves of all his, all the goodness that he's done in your life and how he's preserved you and, and cared for us and loved us and um, taught, taught us in these many years um, so much that he's taught us. Um, those are the things that we're going to have to really make sure that we're focusing on. And, again, I know we're – I do love Thanksgiving and, you know, Christmas. I love this season because it seems like, that and it's not you know just being with family and things like that but it's like it's a refocus a lot of times for people that you know they tend to um, have more of a, a thankful heart and um, a different attitude and for most I know some people really struggle with the holidays and, and you know I, I have a friend who really does but um, you know it, it, it's kind of like a reset for us to really think about you know his goodness and and to really show our thanksgiving towards him for, for what he's done for us. So that is all I have. If y'all have any questions or anything you want to share, I'm a little early finishing. Beatrice, I have a comment on, um, I guess this goes back under the, the section called Goodness and Warfare. Mm -hmm. um, I've really uh, experienced God's graciousness and goodness over especially the last month uh, in my job. Um, over the past year, I, I've, I've seen my firm just openly accept, accept um, the gay agenda and um, just, you know, just welcoming all of that. And But on the other end of the spectrum, there's been a lot of religious discrimination and uh, um, and they're trying to find every way they can to uh, to to hush people that of faith and so over the last month I've experienced some things with my firm where they've all but come out and just attacked my personal faith and, but I, I've seen the goodness of the Lord and His graciousness. I mean, just very obvious. I mean, there were deadlines I had to respond to things, and it was like there were three specific deadlines 
and the day before each one God intervened and it just it just really uh, I, I really saw his goodness and his graciousness and it, it was a it was a spiritual warfare that that I went through and you know I just had to sit back when, when I did all I knew to do you know, like the day before each of these deadlines, it was like, Lord, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Well, then God intervened, and you know, it was like He showed up. I mean, He was there all along, but He's like, okay, you've done everything you can do, possibly do. Um, now it's time for me to show up, and He did that like three times, and um, it was just an awesome thing to see. And you know, we trust the Lord. But it was like, you know, my my eyes were open to just how much, you know, when a situation seemed impossible. Um, I, you know, at times I felt like I was there at the Red Sea, and you know, the enemy was right there at my back, and then the Lord opened the sea and made a way. And so, um, I'm just really grateful you know, for his goodness and his graciousness that there was nothing I could do to, to you know, help out the situation. But, but he did. He just, Amen. and it, it's just amazing to me that, you know, when we let God, he will. And, you know, sometimes we have to let go and let God. And, um, but, but I've really seen that, especially over the past month. I'm just grateful, you know, for his goodness and for his graciousness in our lives. And, um, you know, when we see the evil of the world and how that, you know, it's being accepted and, um, you know, and they put it out on our, our home page when we log in every day and it's like it's just in your face. Just hit your face and right then right. on the other end of the spectrum, you know, they're trying to deny, you know, people of faith things and it's like you know but God showed up and and I, and I, I just really appreciate appreciate his goodness and graciousness towards me <laughs> yes. thank you for sharing that with us very good I kind of have a sidebar comment at the beginning, you know, when you were talking about the word goodness, there's lots of Hebrew and Greek words for goodness, but I kind of got hooked on the on the first two, and the def one of the definitions was beauty. And, um, you know, sometimes you tend to kind of go there. So I started thinking about that. You know, well, what does that look like? Or what does that mean? And so I was kind of like meditating on that. And um, in uh, Psalm 43, the second part of it, it talks about hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. And I really feel like that beauty is the health of your countenance. And uh, I just have been reflecting on that. And Nancy, I'm going to add to your testimony. Um, we talk a lot about what's happening, you know, Sunday afternoon, what's going on with the job. And um, 
sometimes I think, Nancy, I, I, I attribute it to uh, thinking, you know, when you share with me, I'll say to you, Nancy, I, I still see the joy of the Lord, you know. But um, thinking about this word beauty, um, I think it also ties in. I think that he has given you health to your countenance, which is defined here as a beauty. And uh, that's God for you. You know, he works in mysterious ways. And I really feel like I see that on you. It's very evident in a, in a physical sense. Closing prayer. Father, I just I thank you for, for your word and for um, what you've shared with us today. And how you've caused us to think um, on situations that we've been through and and um, how your goodness has always been there and your graciousness has been there. And I just ask that you would um, just help us to continue to have a thankful heart for, for the, all that you've done and see your goodness, even in the midst of um, things that um, you know seem evil or um, chaotic or whatever, that we know your goodness still prevails and that you're still... Um, in the situation and, and we really lean on you and we um, love you and we thank you and we ask these things in your name. Amen. It manifests. Doesn't matter what your age is. Switch with Monica, and then Monica will be following. They did a dosey do too. No, you're you're good. It's we had a dosey do this week, and we have a dosey do next week. There's a bunch of dancers. Just tell me what day. That's all I need to know. Thank you.